Father God, we're so grateful um, for your power and your presence in us through your spirit, through the spirit of God, through the spirit of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. We are one with you. I mean, let that, I'm just, ah, let that sink in. God, we're one with you. You are in us and we are in you. That is amazing and astounding. And that's what the blood of Jesus Christ can do. Thank you, God. We love you back. And we're so grateful that you're faithful when we're faithless. And God, we're not going to deny you. We're not going to deny that you're real. We're not going to reject your, your uh, gift of the Holy Spirit because we need him. We need you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so open your Bible to John chapter 14. And um, we've been studying John. Now, we've studied John a lot. If you've been in this church over the last, uh, say, four, three, four years. Like, I preached the whole book of John, then I went back last year, and I started preaching through um, different portions of John, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, and now, um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit again. But, like, it's almost like, when is it too much, you know? When, when, when can you stop talking about the Holy Spirit, right? And... Um, <clears throat> I just see him more and more in scripture, and that's why I think I'm excited to share him with you, but, <clears throat> and I'll apologize for my voice just all right off the bat, but I'm going to keep going because this is important. Um, what, what, I've, what I've tried to do in the last three weeks of this series, More Hope, okay, Living Water for Life, what I've tried to do is say, put your hope in God. Okay, remember the first week, put your hope in Jesus. Three ways Jesus brings hope. Seeing Jesus serves my mind. Seeking Jesus surrenders my heart. Savoring Jesus soothes my soul. <clears throat> and we got to hunt for our communion. Remember that? And we got to savor Jesus. Not just see him, not just seek him, but savor him. All right, now... The second week was last week, and I told you God surprised me, and there was hope in God's love, in the Father. This is the way to love like your Father, and so I shared with you, this is how you love like your Father. And I don't know if I made this very clear, but when you see Jesus and what he does, you see the Father. Thanks, Bob, for making that clear. Like, when you see Jesus, you see the Father. So when Jesus is with that lady who committed adultery, he's the only one that can rightfully stone her, and he says, no, I choose to forgive you. That is a picture of the Father's heart. That is a picture of the Father's heart. So last week we said this, the way to uh, love like your father is to learn from Jesus. Begin with love. 
to listen to Jesus, receive instruction. How do you receive instruction from Jesus? Through the Holy Spirit. That's how they're all connected, right? He says, the Holy Spirit will tell you the things I can't tell you right now. Things about the future, anything I want to tell you, he'll tell you. But he won't tell you from himself, it'll be from me. And he also has already made a point that I don't say anything unless I hear from my father. So the three of them are in agreement, and you are hearing, if you're going to receive instruction from Jesus, it's going to come through the Holy Spirit. If you're going to receive instruction from the Father, it's going to come through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's how it's coming. So listen to Jesus. Receive instruction. Live like Jesus. Choose to forgive. So I'm on now the third week, and we're talking about hope in God. And this week, we're talking about hope in God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit offers us a ton of hope. So hope in God's Spirit. Hope in God's Spirit. So I want to show you this verse. We'll go back one slide. I want to show you this verse, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Now this verse has become very precious to me because it shows me each part of the Godhead and it shows me what their part is and I get to relish it. Right? Now, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first week. Savor that grace, that forgiveness that you have through your faith. And the love of God, that's what we talked about and how we have hope last week, right? And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship, best word I could use in the English language, because fellowship doesn't do it, is partnership. You have a partnership with the Holy Spirit. Once you're saved, the Holy Spirit fills you. And you have a partnership with the Holy Spirit. You can give Him control. He's never going to take control. Are we clear? He's never going to be like, move out of the way. My time to shine. That's a very human thing to do. To pat your chest when you hit a three and win a game. Right? That's not the Holy Spirit. He doesn't act like that. He'd just as soon be behind the scenes. But I'll tell you this. When you ask him to come to the forefront, he will. When you ask him to rule your life, when you surrender all, he will reign in you. And that does make a huge difference. And it offers you a ton of hope. Now we already have hope in Jesus. We already have hope in the Father. But now let's add to it this hope that we have in God's Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. So, hope in the Holy Spirit. Alright? I'm going to get this from John 14 through 16. Uh, You can get it from a lot of different places in Scripture, but we read John 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. And you're like, why are we not talking about the resurrection if we want to talk about hope? Because that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) 
I'm like, well, Jesus died. Who rose Jesus from the dead? Let's just be real. Father's in heaven. Jesus says, well, I laid out my life. I'll take it up again, right? So Jesus did. Father, he said, the Father will raise me up again. So Father did. Uh, the Holy Spirit did. Right? So God in three raised Jesus from the dead. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit today. Since we talked about Jesus and we talked about the Father. All right. We started this week, Monday, in a passage, John 15, which is priceless. And Jesus says, abide in me, and I will abide in you. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says in Scripture, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus says, I will be with you always until the end of the age. Now, I'm intelligent. How can that be since Jesus isn't here? Got quiet. Yeah, it's a conundrum, isn't it? All the things Jesus says, and we know Jesus isn't a liar... And yet you're like, well, that doesn't add up. That can't be true. Enter the Holy Spirit, which makes all the things Jesus said true. Because the Holy Spirit is interacting with you right now. It's astounding. So I wanted to start where Bob uh, had us, which is chapter 14, verse 10. And I'm going to get after how the Holy Spirit helps me have more hope. How the Holy Spirit helps me have more hope. There's more than three ways, but I'm going to give you three ways today. Okay? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Well, you should. (laughs) The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Now I want to just emphasize in me. How in the world is the Father in Jesus? Through the Spirit. But we don't read that when we read that. We're just like, well, somehow Jesus is God, so I guess de facto he has the Father. No. How is the Father in you today? How is Jesus in you today? Holy Spirit. And you're like, well, that's a new discovery. I know, because the church is teaching you something other than that. But this is the truth. Jesus had the Father in him because at his baptism, (coughs) the Holy Spirit came upon him, right? And didn't leave him. 
And that was the way John the Baptist knew that this was the Messiah. All right. Keep going. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. How did Jesus do those works? He did it through the Holy Spirit. All right? But we have this notion, we have this notion because Jesus is God, that he did it because he's God. That's the notion we have. That's what we've been taught in Sunday school. But then we can't be like Jesus because we're not God and we're never going to be God. So now this is very important. If Jesus can do these works and he does them through the Holy Spirit, then that makes everything else make sense. Because he's going to say some outlandish things right now that don't make any sense unless he's doing these works through the Holy Spirit. Okay, listen. Because then that makes sense. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Well, that's not possible because I'm not God. Because we'll do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do. What? Nice to read that and be like, I don't know, Jesus just likes to exaggerate. Or you could get really theological and you could be like, well, that just means... There's going to be more things done over the process of time. It doesn't mean better in one moment. It just means better overall. Come on! That's explaining away Scripture rather than reading Scripture and let it be Scripture. You will do the works Jesus did. You will do greater works than what Jesus did. Now that doesn't preach in the church in America. But that's what the Bible says. And why? He gives a because. Because I am going to the Father. Which means... Oh, well, that's what the rest of the message is about, what that means, that Jesus is going to the Father, all right? So he interacts in this way. He says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, it's interesting that Jesus is setting them up and in chapters 14 through 16, he's going to come back to this pray button. Ask, 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 ask. If, is it Staples that has the easy button? Okay. Great. Perfect. So, you know what Jesus has? He has the ask button. Jesus is like, just hit the ask button. Ask, 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 ask. That's what he wants you to do. You got a problem? Ask. You need a solution? Ask. 
Ask, ask, ask. And in particular, he's talking about, in chapters 14 through 16, the Holy Spirit. The first thing you should ask from Jesus is the Holy Spirit. He's like, ask for the Holy Spirit. That he, like, I don't know how you miss it when, you, when he says it so many times. He's like, whatever you ask for. But he's making it clear the first thing you should ask for is the Holy Spirit, is himself. All right. He says, if you love me, do you love Jesus? Can I hear anybody in the audience say it? Do you love Jesus? Yes, I love Jesus. You will keep my commandments. Yeah, I do, but not perfectly. <laughs> okay, let's just be clear. I think that's what screws us all up. We're like, well, I don't really keep his commandments because I sinned yesterday. That's playing games, man. That's playing games with the new covenant. I keep his commandments when he helps me keep his commandments. Because if it's up to me, I'm never keeping his commandments. And I still love him. Right? So I love him, and he sends the Holy Spirit so I can keep his commandments. It's not like I somehow got this superpower when I said a prayer that all of a sudden makes me keep his commandments. We live in that world, though. Everybody wants a superhero, not a surrendered servant of God. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. What does your Bible say? Another advocate? Another paraclete? Another comforter? Counselor? Did I miss any? Another helper. To be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him. Does the world see the spirit? Only in you. Only you knew. Only the effects. The wind blows where it wishes. All they can see is the wind blew and the tree moved. Nor knows him. Does the, does the world know about the spirit? Not really. Unless you go to Asia or something where Africa where they like believe in spirits. makes them a little easier for them to believe in the Holy Spirit there. You know him, for he dwells with you. How does the Holy Spirit, who hasn't been given yet, dwell with the disciples? Tell me. Jesus has the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is dwelling with them, and he's like, hey, the Holy Spirit's dwelling with you. It might be like Jesus and the Holy Spirit are a deal. Yeah, they are. That's how Jesus can say, abide in me. Because Jesus and the Holy Spirit are a deal. Matter of fact, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father are a deal. All right. And will be in you. I'm going to make it so, after I'm glorified, you will be able to have the Holy Spirit in you. That's awesome. Come on. He says, I won't leave you as orphans. I'm going to keep going. Okay, so look at verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot. Good info. 
since he's hanged himself, right? Or, or about ready to get ready to hang himself. He's, he's coming. He's coming. He's with the soldiers. He's, he's marching. Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? How does Jesus manifest himself to you and not to the world? Through the Holy Spirit. (laughs) He says, whoever... Jesus answered him. If you love me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And we, 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 we. You go back to Genesis 1, right? Let us make man in our own image. Us, we, he's talking about the triune God. And we, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, will come to him and make our home with him. Right here, in me, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're going to be there. Unbelievable. These things, verse 25, I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Jesus is like, I'm God, I'm with you. Let me say a few things so that you remember it. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. The Holy Spirit's teaching you right now. All things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. The world gives good gifts. Even evil fathers give good gifts. But what does the Father give? He gives the Holy Spirit, Luke 11. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And that goes all the way back to chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He could also say, now, believe in Jesus Believe also in the Holy Spirit. You're like, well, that's blasphemy. Um, that's just applying the word. Do you believe in Jesus? I do. Then also believe in the Holy Spirit. All right, turn to chapter 16. We'll pick up on the last verse, or verse 26 of chapter 15. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, who's going to send it? Yeah, you're both right. The Father. Oh, the, Jesus. They're both going to. And if you get to Acts 2, I think it's verses 32 and 33, he makes sense of it because he's like, the Father gave it to me so I could give it to you. So the gift is coming from the Father to the Son, from the Son to you. But the Helper, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, so the Father's giving it to the Son, the Son's giving it to you, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. All right. Let's get to it. How the Holy Spirit 
helps me have hope. How the Holy Spirit helps me have hope. I'm just going to give you three ways. He is my comforter. He is my comforter connecting me to God. I have to my Father up there, but I want to make it more general than that. I want to make it Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I want to be connected to Jesus. I want to be connected to the Father. I want to be connected through the Holy Spirit, right? I want to be connected with the Holy Spirit. Not just through the Holy Spirit, with Him. Okay? So, He is my comforter. Sometimes I'm needy. Anytime you're needy? Yeah. Okay? Well, He's connecting me to God, which is huge. Right? Number two. He is my teacher, guiding me into all truth. He is my teacher, guiding me into all truth. There's a lot that could be said there about truth. Pilate said, what is truth? I'm reading a book right now about um, is it Hamlet. Uh, I don't know. I'm not very cultured, but I think it's Hamlet. Um, and it's like, who's there is how the play starts. Who's there? It's like, what's truth? Who's there? It's like the same question. Everybody's searching for, like, what's real. Uncertainty. You ever had uncertainty in your life? Pretty much daily. Pretty much daily right now, okay? Who knows if we're all going to get nuked tomorrow on Victory Day, right? And I'm not, not making fun. I'm, just, I'm serious. Like, who knows? I don't have any fear. I have hope in the Lord. In uncertainty, because the Holy Spirit's my teacher, he's guiding me into all truth. I know how it goes. All right. Number three. He is my peace. Now, I could have used joy, but the Bible uses peace. I could have used love, but the Bible, in this instance, uses peace. I, I think you could say fruit. I think you could say character. He's my Peace. Let it represent all the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And let it represent character. He is my peace. Dwelling in my life forever. Because any fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, you know, all of them, like, it's not me, it's Him. Well, I'm pretty loving. Uh, That's not God fruit. I, I, I'm pretty joyful. If it's how you naturally are, that's probably not transformation in the spirit. Okay? Expect it to be times 10 or maybe times 100. Okay? Depending on how much you release to him and how powerful he shows up in your life. He is my peace dwelling in my life forever. Eternal life. Right? So he gets to the point where he's like, even if there's trouble in your life, and a lot of times there is trouble in our life, because in this world you all have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world, Jesus says. He's given his peace. He is my peace. Okay, so he is my comforter, he is my teacher, he is my peace. Okay, now, 
Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit's all those things. Here's what I know about the Holy Spirit in the church. Have you ever gone to the doctor? Yeah? You gone to the doctor? Um, Y'all been to the doctor because you were born probably with a doctor. Eh, maybe not the little guy. Little guy hasn't been to a doctor yet, probably. All right, so, <clears throat> ruining my illustration. All right. The point is we go to the doctor when we need something, right? I, like, I got fungus in my, you know, my toes. Like, how, how do I, I need a remedy, right? So I go to the doctor. Here's the thing about the Holy Spirit that he's been teaching me. No, accept, apply. Okay, just write those down. No, accept, apply. So here's how it goes if I have fungus in my toes, okay? So I go to the doctor and I'm like, I need something, right? I know I need it because it itches between my toes, I need something. All right. What do I need? I need a remedy. I know I need it. The doctor says, you need it. I know. Now I could say, doctor, you're full of, you know what, malarkey. And uh, I can walk out the door, slam it, and well, you can stop it knowing. I know I need something. Doctor says I need something. Or you can sit in the office and you can say, I accept the fact that I need that. He writes you a prescription. You can walk to, you know, call it in. You can walk over to the pharmacy and you can accept the medicine, right? The cream, the ointment that you need to put on your foot that's going to make that go away. You can accept it. You get that? All right, now... No, except, but I also said what? Apply. Yeah, because see, if you stop there, and I have a tube of ointment that could help me, I've accepted it. Here it is. And I do nothing with it? That's how most Christians live. They have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills you at salvation. You're full. Praise the Lord. But you got a tube of ointment. Just take the cap off. And use it. Apply it to your life. It'll change everything. All right. So no, accept, apply. You have to actually take this cap off, put some on your finger, and put it on your toe. Apply it. Apply it to your life. That's what I'm trying to do with the scriptures today. I'm trying to like give you a remedy. I'm trying to offer you hope, soothing, a balm for your soul. I'm trying to say the Holy Spirit isn't just a cool concept in Scripture. It's not just a neat idea. It's God. He's God. And He's in you. And He doesn't want to stay there. He wants to come out. He wants to be a huge part of your life. Not just the itty-bitty, teeny-weeny part. So there's times when you need comfort, and he's your comforter. Praise God. There's times when you need teaching, like today, and he's teaching you. I'm saying a few things, but really the person teaching you right now is the Holy Spirit. If you get your head out of the way 
and you ask the Holy Spirit, is this right? Is this wrong? It, you know, because I'm probably wrong somewhere that he could tell you what's right. And I'm probably right in some areas he can confirm, <laughs> right? But if you just like check in with him, this is going to be a much better teaching. <laughs> and he's my peace, which we all need. We all need peace. This world is full of hate. I mean, he says it right after that, right? He says, the world will hate you. If it hated me, it'll hate you. But don't worry, I've given you peace. I've given you joy. I've given you love. I've given you patience. I've given you all these things. All right. So many more things I want to say. But let me just read this to, to finish it up. Okay, verse 5. End of verse 4. This is the weirdest place in the Bible. Do you see that? Verse 4 is like in the middle of nowhere. It's like hanging everywhere. Like Chapter 16, verse 4 and a half. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. Jesus is like, I'm here. You didn't need to know. But now I am going to him, the Father, who sent me and none of you asked me, where are you going? It, it's not that they don't want to know. It's not that they haven't asked a lot of inquisitive questions. Mostly they're focused on them and not on him. And he's making, a, you know, because if you read this and you read chapter 4, you're like, I think they've kind of asked, where are you going? How do I get there? Right? What he's saying is you're not really concerned about me. You're concerned about all the other things, the peripheral things. If you really were concerned about me, and what I'm doing, you would have been happy. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. This is a message on hope. We don't want you to be sad. We want you to be happy. All right? Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your... I stopped there because I want you to read that word. It is... To your advantage that I go away. What, Jesus? What? They're so confused by that. Who can be better than God in the flesh? Oh, good question. God in the Spirit. Now just think about that. That's a true statement. Because God and the Spirit's in every one of us doing powerful acts. And one day we're going to see him face to face. That'll be awesome, won't it? But don't hold out for then when he's given you everything you need for today. It's your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. I won't come to you in a different form. God in spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But if I go, I will send him to you. It's like I'll send myself to you. I don't, I don't know why he doesn't say that, but probably he doesn't say that. It could be more confusing. <laughs> and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Oh, God gave me some cool stuff about that this week. Concerning sin because they do not believe. 
unbelief. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. We're not righteous in ourselves. We're righteous in Jesus. He's with the Father. That's how you know it's done. That's how you know you have standing in Him, not in your self-righteousness, not in your best effort. He's been accepted into heaven to be with the Father, which means you will be too. Righteousness. And judgment. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. It is finished. This is before he went to the cross. I still have many things to say to you. Well, Jesus, since you're gone, I don't know how I'm going to hear it. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He's even sensitive with them. I want to lay a bunch of more stuff on you, but you can't handle it. You can't handle the truth, right? You can't bear it right now. So when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's the second point. And he will not, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. So there's not a competition between the Holy Spirit and the Son. The Holy Spirit glorifies the Son. The Son glorifies the Father. The Father glorifies the Spirit. We can just go in a circle. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he, the Spirit, will take what is mine and declare it to you. We could keep going. But it's Mother's Day. We want to go to lunch. Okay? So, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is God and very God for today. It's how Jesus is interacting with you. There's a lot of hope in that. I hope this message unlocks, and, and I've been preaching this for like the last year or maybe longer. I hope this and the last teachings the, have unlocked a reality that will increase your hope and your faith in a future. Because guess what? The Bible said that the Holy Spirit's going to tell you what's happening in the future. Now he did that some in the Word of God. We're going to study, I think, Daniel and Revelation, Lord willing, in the next year. I think we need to. Seems like things are kind of there. But he also speaks to you, not just through his word, but through spirit-filled people. And he also speaks to you, not just through his word and spirit-filled people, but through the Holy Spirit himself. He'll say things to you. He'll give you ways and wisdom that is not your own. You can disbelieve that. You could say that doesn't happen. We have the word of God. We don't have anything else. And I'm saying to you, hold on. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Of sin because of unbelief. The sin he's convicting us of is unbelief. 
<coughs> God gave me this earlier, so I'm going to say it. You know what? You don't think you have the sin of unbelief anymore because you're saved. Isn't that true? Like, but I believe. Do you believe that you will do greater works than Jesus? That's what the Word of God says. So if you don't believe that, then I would say that's unbelief. And the Holy Spirit is here to convict us of the sin of unbelief. Do you believe that you're holy in Jesus' name, not in your best effort? That it's not communion that made me holy today. That reminded me that I am holy in Him. That it's not self-righteousness, which the church teaches, but that it's His righteousness. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is, is to convict the world of righteousness. Because they think they can be good enough. Or they hope so. And last, the Holy Spirit convicts us of judgment. Because the ruler of this world, Satan himself, is judged. Not one day will be judged, but he is judged. And therefore he's defeated enemy and we are victorious conquerors in Jesus' name. Through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for all of these words. They are vast. But man, you are good. And we love you. Father, I just want to say I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive your teaching on the Holy Spirit. I receive the hope it gives. I receive the fact that he's my comforter. I receive the fact that he's my teacher. And I receive the fact that he's my peace. As I go throughout my day, when I need comfort, when I need teaching and training, when I need peace, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being and doing what you do in my life. I pray that you will fill us, but not just fill us, that you will give us a fullness of your Spirit, like it says in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. We want to be full of you. Not just a little dabble do you. We want to be full. We want to be drenched. We want to be baptized. We want to be immersed. We want to be soaking wet with you, God. You are the connection, Holy Spirit. So we want to be soaking wet in you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Because of his grace and because of the love of the Father. Amen.